Hello, everybody, and welcome to Happy Willie O'Ree Day. This is going to be just a reposting of the sideshow that Biff and I did almost exactly a year ago. This dropped on January 21st, 2021, when it looked like the Bruins were set to retire Willie O'Ree's number. Um, but that got pushed, you know, a calendar year because the building was empty and it kind of be a real big disservice to the great Willie O'Ree to retire his number and have the ceremony in an empty building. Um, they still should be an empty building because of COVID. That's a completely different story. But focusing on the awesomeness, the Bruins are finally retiring his number tonight. Uh, Biff and I both agree that the NHL across the board should be retiring his number like baseball did with the great Jackie Robinson. But that's a different story for a different day. So this is just a reposting of the sideshow that I did with Biff, where he was really driving the ship. Um, as much as I know about hockey, Biff has forgotten more about the NHL and the history of the great game that we love uh, than I'll ever know. So much fun doing this one with him. Um, but Willie O'Ree, beyond groundbreaking, just a, a great person all over. Uh, he's done so much for the sport we love for the last you know, six decades. Um, it's about time that he's getting his day. So congrats to Willie O'Ree. And uh, hope you enjoy this reposting of this Willie O'Ree sideshow. May the force be with you. It must be quite an exciting thing, isn't it, to get into an NHL game for the Boston Bruins. What do you feel about it, uh, Willie? Anything unusual? No, it was the greatest show of my life, I believe. I'll always remember this day. We played the Montreal Canadiens in Boston, and uh, I scored my first National League goal. It was not only my first, but it was the, uh, the winning goal. In terms of this business of being a Jackie Robinson of hockey, have you had any troubles? No, none, none that you could uh, say that were troubles. I've had a few jeers like that, but uh, I guess all hockey players do. Yeah. Hello, and welcome to Sideshow. This is the first sideshow. Our good friend Biff will be driving the ship. This sideshow will be all about the great Willie O'Ree. I almost want to say like lost to history, which he's not, but he definitely is not on the pedestal that I think he should be. Uh, We're doing the sideshow this week because after (sighs) 56 years since she first laced him up with the box, it was, it was it 59. 5960 something like that, something yeah. Like that. Yeah. so yeah. so yeah so we're talk we're talking gosh we're talking you know 60 years later they're finally retiring his jersey first you know first black uh player to break the color barrier in the NHL an amazing story but biff why don't you talk a little uh, about him i know you got a great willie yeah. story well, so i'll talk about the story but obviously it's really important that you know, of all the cities, you know, hindsight, Boston is maybe not where you expect the first non-white player to emerge from, but that's where he ended up. And, you know, it, it, to some degree, it speaks to the fact that he was a legitimate NHL talent in a league that was only a 16 league at the time. So we're talking about he got one of 120 jobs that was available at that time. So that on its own, I think, is is really a testament to how great he was and obviously if he came along 10 years later after the expansion uh, he, he probably would have been a mainstay in the nhl but, i mean you put him on the buffalo team in 65 yeah absolutely. they're a cup team so 
Well, 65 with it, you know, the 75, 75, 75, 75. 75. I'm, I'm yeah, thinking, yeah. right. Good. Buffalo yeah. had one right. great line. If they had right. a second line guy like, you know, Willie. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, so it's a really a testament, a big deal that he was the first to break the color barrier, but he did it within the context of a tiny, tiny league. I mean, smaller than the other professional league. So in that sense, it was a it was a huge deal. Like many hockey players and like many Canadians, oh my God, Willie O'Ree is one of you know, the nicest, classiest, greatest people I have ever met in my life. I ran into him just on on chance, uh, even though my wife to this day will refute that claim. The wife and I had a, a date day at the Santa Monica Pier one day, and coincidentally, NHL had an event going on that day what? where they even had where they even had the Stanley Cup present. And I had, I literally had no idea that this was happening. It just, it just happened to be pure coincidence. And so I had my picture taken with a cup, blah, 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 not important. As I was walking around the area, I saw this one guy who I immediately recognized as the great Willie O'Ree. So I went up to, you know, shake his hand and say hi. He immediately kind of uh, just said, here, let me give you this card. And he gave me an autograph card of himself right away. And we talked for about 10 minutes, just, you know, just this and that about hockey. And uh, we talked a little bit about, you know, you know, like Grand Fear, among other things. Just an approachable, humble guy who, and maybe because it was in L.A., but he seemed shocked that, oh, my God, somebody actually recognized me. So that was the impression that I got. And this this really goes to, you know, most hockey players that I've met, but he's just the, the classiest, nicest guy. But I think the, the importance of, you know, him... Breaking the uh, color barrier is that even though he, you know, this happened in the 50s, I don't know if, if the next player that I can remember of color that was in the NHL was around 1974. I think it was in the Capitals expansion year when um, I think his name was Marston, but that was like the next colored player. So obviously, even though he did break the, uh, the color barrier way back in the day, you know, NHL, like they are with many things, are very slow in, in progressing. And that is is a point of disappointment, you know, for many of us. So back back but, back in the 50s, yeah. back in the 50s, like Major League Baseball, uh, yeah, maybe Major League Baseball was the creme de la creme of, of baseball. But the Pacific Coast League, you know, the, the best, the two best teams in the Pacific Coast League were probably as good as the third, fourth best team in Major League Baseball. You right, know, same right. thing. You know, the, the NBA was like eight teams back then. The NHL was only right. six teams for like 60 years. Yep, yep, the yep. West Coast League, I, I don't I, I don't remember if it was called West, the, the Pacific League. What was the league that the goals were in? Because Willie O'Ree played out here four years right or, or, or where you are you know the funny thing is boston has his reputation as uh not being the most um uh, just a bunch of i'm trying to think of a nice way to say but yeah boston has a reputation of being a bunch of racist bastards but well let's just say that the you know the celtics were kind of slow in you know no the celtics were the right. exception the celtics were the oh no not the celtics uh, the, Red the, Sox, Red Sox? the Red Sox, the Red, yeah. Red Sox, yeah, they were the Sox. you know the, on the other side of town. The Celtics were the first team with a black player, a black coach, yeah, right, a black right, GM, right. an all starting five black. While simultaneously, Tom Yockey was the last right, right, loaner. right, right, right. But then, then Willie's hockey career takes him to San Diego. You know, yep. where he uh, honestly, if he played in a in a WHA city or or, you know, if he played in the 60s, the early right, 60s, right. the uh, Cleveland Barons, was it the Barons? Am I thinking of that in Cleveland? That was, 
Oh, in the in the seventies, the NHL team. No, no, even before, even before the well, WHA, they, they were also an H- AHL team, right? Right. Yeah. But Willie, yeah. you know, goes and and one of the many interesting things about him, uh, one of the fun facts about him, as good as he was, he most of his career, I don't know when the accident happened, but was blind in the right eye. Yeah, I think it was actually much. You know, he was like really, really young, so I think it, he pretty much hit it throughout. Much of it, even his development years, I think. Right. So, but you know, it's one of those things where you know, I mean, why would I tell anybody? You know, they'll just not play me, right? So. Well, in in hockey back then, w- w- when you look at it, and it just looks so slow on the old clips, and I'm not diminishing the players, but back then, the left winger would start off playing the left wing, and would go up the ice and come down the ice, and never come off the wing. You know, it's like. No, no, no. The right way would say, I mean, people stayed yeah. truly. They, they stayed in the lane. And so that's how he was kind of able to hide it. Because back then it wasn't, right. oh, well, I play center, but I'll loop and I'll cover the D and I'll do yeah. this. And it's like the European stuff and the Russian five. Right, 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 you know, that was 40 years you know, later. So he was able to hide the fact by he, you know, by playing, you know, the wing. Right, <laughs> of the right. eye he could see out of. But I mean, regardless, right? I mean, clearly to have the skill to play a good chunk of a season in the NHL, like I said, 120 jobs. I mean, that is a monumental accomplishment on its own. And, you know, the unfortunate thing was the the next, you know, the next generation, if you will, was slow in coming in the NHL in contrast to the other league. In that sense, with the Ori unfortunately didn't have the same impact that maybe Jackie Robinson has say had in baseball. I think it's, it is important that he was the first. So this is the, it kind of goes back to when we talk about Jackie Robinson and, and Willie O'Ree, you know, NHL historically is really, really behind in terms of just being with the times. I, at the time, I really thought that when the major league baseball made that monumental decision to retire Jackie Robinson's number, you know, league-wide, I'm thinking, you know, I mean, they clearly stole, clearly had that idea, you know, to, and I think NHL could have at least ridden that wave, even if it was for the promotional. You know, well, it doesn't uh, matter why you do the right thing. I mean, yeah. you can diminish doing the right thing because of X, Y, and C, but doing the right thing right. is doing the right thing. Um, right. Maybe you know this, maybe you don't. When did the NHL baseball retire Jackie Robinson's number? So, yeah, I think the chronology is really what hurts me the the most because that happened in 1997. 97, okay. Right. And then the NHL retires Gretzky jersey league-wide. Now, first of all, no asshole's going to put on 99. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like, no, but they they retired that jersey league-wide, and that was a promotional thing, but they still did it. Whatever they did, and they didn't say, hey, yeah, he's great. He's, you know, but we should also do this. No, I mean, I don't I don't think that you I pissed off if they mixed in Willie O'Ree with Gretzky, right? Because it kind of dilutes it. So I, but either way, even if they didn't retire his number league-wide, it would have been great if the Bruins retired his 22, kind of riding the Jackie Robinson wave, you know, if you will, in 97. I think the thing that really, really irks me is that I kind of had this weird supposition that Willie O'Ree was already in the Hockey Hall of Fame because he should have been in the Hockey Hall of Fame years ago. Just a couple of years ago. It didn't happen until 2018, which is ridiculous. 
when you consider the fact that you have like a like modern owner became a hockey hall of fame inductee in like 2004 Illich who's the owner of the uh, Red Wings became an inductee in like 2004 which is like outright insulting so in many ways you know hockey like I said hockey's always behind the times hockey's response to you know the goings on in this summer was obviously you know, on the day where NBA did the right thing to essentially not play their games in protest of Black Lives Matters. Hockey decided, oh, we're going to play our games anyway, but we're going to recognize that this Black Lives Matters exists. And then a day later, they said, oh, shit, we kind of fucked up. We better cancel our games. Right. I mean, so they're really just not with it. They're behind. They're delayed. And they're reactionary, right? So I want hockey to be better. There is a group called Black Girls Hockey Club, which I follow in. They're doing great things to essentially really try to put you know, the NHL on the spot in regards to their whole hockey is for everyone uh, slogan. Because NHL is trying to promote this. Ultimately, we're finding out that culturally, hockey isn't for everyone. And we're finding out things here and there. And so, in a way, you know, Willie O'Ree is kind of like the kind of the starting point. You know, hockey has a long way to go. And I do really want hockey to do a much better job of spotlighting the importance of Willie O'Ree. And, and this is the perfect year to do it, right? We had an entire summer of BLM. And BLM and hockey is for everyone really should have gone hand in hand. Hockey dropped the ball, in my opinion, in terms of really saying, you know what? Yeah, hockey is for everyone, and we're going to you know, support BLM to the fullest, and we're going to have the uncomfortable discussion to make sure we get everybody on the right footing. And, I, I think, and obviously, we don't have to go into the details of what BLM means in terms of... I, I think the issue that, that I have is that people misconstrue BLM as some people are implying that these people are looking for handouts. They're just so far removed from the issues that they don't understand how these you know, people of color are so marginalized and so pushed down. Everything that surrounds the, the challenges that they face, you know, people just don't get. So I'm hoping that hockey does a better job. And, you know, Willie O'Ree needs to be at the center of it. Do you think Willie O'Ree has, and, and, you know, look, it's my beloved Bruins, and I'm glad they're doing it. Maybe we can make the argument that we're saving the 22 to retire the great Brad Park, uh, Douglas Bradford Park. But I will say, I question whether. How many orises does he want? You know, you don't have. Yeah, yeah, how, yeah, yeah I thought so. How thought many so. has Charles Barkley? So Charles yeah, Barkley isn't a great basketball so. player. Charles Barkley's not, not a great I'm basketball not, player. I'm not defending Charles Barkley. I'm just asking you. How, you know, I mean, you know. So, staying on, on on topic here, do you think if Therese Bergeron doesn't come forth the way he does? I mean, a lot of players stepped forward. A lot of players said some great things. I remember reading what. Patrice Bergeron had posted and it was just it was just awesome it was just awesome and I wonder if this past summer you know the protest and the stuff is really starting to 
trickle down into other walks of life. Maybe this this was a great moment for the Bruins organization and for the NHL to say, you know what? How have we not done this? How have we not? Yeah. And, and I don't want to say it as a P or taking a PR opportunity. How have and maybe there was a moment of clarity. I don't want to. I think that's a better way for me to say it is maybe the Bruins had a moment of clarity. People looking around, one of the best things about, you know, the BLM movement, you and I want a phone call or, or I think we were on a text chain or maybe it was a Zoom thing. I think it was a Zoom thing this summer and there was a bunch of our hockey buddies and I, I won't call them out by name, but somebody that you and I both look up to was saying he's been in a hiring position for a long time and he takes pride about the diversity in his office and the diversity that he's always had. And then he takes a pause and he says, but I can do better. You know, and I, maybe that's what the NHL and specifically the Bruins are, are saying, Hey, you know what? We, we can do better. And and this is the one that they can do now. And my only, I'm, I'm just really bummed and I think our friend said it best. It's like, well, I don't know how much sand's left in the hourglass. I don't know Willie O'Ree's health. I know he's 80-ish. And I know that that I, I just wish the, the jersey was being raised in a packed house. Well, I, I think all of that is, I don't know that, though I think the tricky thing here is, is that just so to some degree, right, the Dodgers had the burden of kind of uh, leading the Major League Baseball uh, activities because you know, he signed with the Dodgers, you know, like it or not, the Bruins, you know, some, something that happened, you know, eons before any people who are currently connected with the Bruins did something. So there, there, to some degree, I understand that the Bruins share both the, you know, the honor and the burden of being the first. But having said that, I, I really put it to the NHL. I, I really put it to, to Gary Bettman, who happened to be inducted the same freaking year as Willie O'Ree. Which is oh, so freaking wrong, so right? insulting. But I mean, come on, you know, read the freaking room, read the room. You know, you know that's that, you know, and do the right thing. There are exceptions to every rule, and there's so many every, every year. There's debate every year who belongs in the Hall of Fame, and I, I think there should be a Hall of Fame and a Hall of a Very Good. That's another story. Here's the thing: if you have to make an argument why somebody belongs in the Hall of Fame. Eh, they don't belong in the Hall of Fame. But I think there should have been a situation where you're having two inducting ceremonies. And if you want to have the four or five people who are going in, the builder, you know, Batman and a couple players in June, great. But there should have been a Willie O'Ree's induction should have been unto itself. You know what I mean? Listen, yeah, listen. Look, I mean, Willie O'Ree being, I, I think that, NHL uses Willie O'Ree when it's convenient for them, but they don't do what they sh- really should be doing. I mean, the, the hockey is for everyone campaign in its kind of concept is really, you know, what they should be pushing with, you know, Willie O'Ree at the center of it. Even if Willie, you know, we can't, we don't, we're not, we don't need to ask Willie to do everything. But he could still be the centerpiece of this, right? The fact that Willie O'Ree is the pioneer can be part of the story. He, it really needs to be in the context of, look, listen, Willie O'Ree showed us that it's really about who belongs in the NHL, not what kind of people belong in the NHL. And from there, you know, we could go to you know so many places. And, and it really, that's where 
we could have been as you know as a league nhl could have been using willie o'ree's uh, example you know kind of across the board for their greater good but like i said they're just slow and you know and because they're and you mentioned earlier in the main broadcast canada is more conservative than people assume them to be you know there is a certain you know resistance to anything that is different than the you know kind of what we had in the good old days right i mean there is this nostalgia for the good old days but in the end you know, it's all it's all BS. You know, the good old days are mired in racism and nationalism and you know and all that stuff. When it comes down to it, really, I want the NHL to really show that they really mean it when they say hockey is for everyone. You know, you touched on an interesting thing. You had said that Willie O'Ree got one of 120 jobs back then. Yeah, I'm going to make a small correction to that. He got yeah. one of a hundred jobs. And I say that because you could not play on the Montreal Canadians unless well, you were true, French yeah. Canadian. So truly, well, he, no, no, not, it, not necessarily true. But, you know. it, it was very, if you, I mean, you're, you're talking, you can name, you know, on one hand, right. the non French speaking French, you know, players up into a certain sure. era. You know, I, I presume like Doug Harvey is one of them, right? Doug Harvey doesn't sound very French to me. But but but, I don't know. but again, no. Yeah. I mean, but you have to be a generational player to have been right. accepted yeah, sure. by that fan base in. So the fact that he broke through when there was really a hundred jobs. Yeah. Um yeah. and it's true. It's like, you know, he's eighty something and and he shouldn't right. be having to carry the burden for this at the same time. He says that's his lot in life. I've never seen an interview with somebody who's spoken with him, spent time with him, where he hasn't recognized that great responsibility and, and, and been looking forward to take it head on. I, I think there's been wavering moments where there's only two hockey manufacturers really who have got behind and done pushes to get equipment in, in ice time in inner cities and stuff like that. I mean, it it, it is a crazy expensive sport to play. Yep. You are ruling out, you know, a lot of, you know, just opportunity. Yeah, and it's absolutely. been, it's been nice to see it when you see it. But I can tell you, you know, since being back here in New England for the last few years and before COVID, uh, you know, I have two nephews and a niece whose life is hockey. And I've been to 10 rinks around here and I don't see a lot of outreach programs. I don't see a lot of sign up. I don't see a lot of, of that. So, yeah, I'm so happy the Bruins are doing it. I'm so happy the NHL is doing it. I think there's so many great things that have come out of the BLM movement last summer. Again, reading what Patrice Bergeron had put there about, I, I've had the luxury of not saying anything because of who I am and, and what I do for a living. I've had the luxury of not having to say certain things. Uh, he said, it's, it's time to listen more. I'm very glad it's happening. It's something where I don't go to many sporting events, you know, <laughs> that I'm not working or, my, you know, my boys would have no interest, but I would 100% be there to see the raising of, of his jersey. I just don't know if, if waiting's the right thing to do it for a full building. <laughs> There's nothing to say you can't raise it again next year. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, I, or you can't have I something. Mean, yeah, I, I think part of it is is that you know the, the ceremonial stuff is the ceremonial stuff right i think that given that the season is the way it is listen already right we have the bs of 
Black History Month being the shortest month of the year already. <laughs> right. But it happens to be inside of hockey season. And so there's certainly many opportunities that NHL has throughout the entire freaking month of February yep. to do a lot more than they have in the past, right? So hopefully we see a little bit more of that. I'm, I'm hoping that the fact that not directly related, but NBC Sports has just announced that they will be showing some NWHL games. And so, so for those people who don't really pay attention to this, NWHL is the one current remaining professional women's hockey league. So I'm hoping that this is kind of uh, some, it's just an indicator that maybe that the community at large is really taking this hockey is for everyone, you know, philosophy to heart a little bit more. So like I said, this year after the year and the, you know, the presidential regime that we've had, and then the summer that we've had with the, uh, the amazing thing that happened with the BLM movement, is really the right time for the NHL to really expand their hockey is for everyone campaign. And February is the perfect month for them to do something elaborate for the entire month because, hey, they have two weeks to plan it it's starting now and they've right. got an entire month to do stuff. I, I don't know how much great footage there is out there. I mean, he was a great hockey player. He re- he was a really Absolutely. phenomenal hockey player. You know, all the Bruins footage, you, you know, you can find online. I don't know how much San Diego goal footage you can find. I'm sure that's that's going to be pretty tough, right? I yeah. think so. At one point, you know, one of the things I want to do with the podcast, I want more people, you know, I want more friends to come on and stuff. A couple of our hockey friends, you know, one of our friend John, when, when we were talking about Willie and Tex Chain, because he worked for the Los Angeles Blades and because of right. how old he was at the time, yep. you know, so he, he saw Willie play. You know, he's yep. the only one of our friends who was, I mean, he was young, you know, he was. Yep. He, he, he was a young kid back then, but he saw Willie play a number of times and it would be yeah. great, you know, to have him. If you got any closing thoughts, um, you know, I'll let you take the floor and uh, I hope everybody else enjoyed the sideshow. Look for some Willie O'Ree clips. And when it when is the raising the ceremony? And I'm, I'm taking it that's going to be a hockey night in Canada game. It would have to be right. Yeah, you know what? I actually had not seen seen when that's what ceremony was so hope maybe you could uh add that in post but yeah i mean definitely definitely something you know important and you know maybe you know one day 22 is a popular number but hey you know, I-, I think it's okay to eat that out it's just one number it's, it's just a freaking number i i don't think other cities have a retired 22 but i can look into that so yeah i can't think of very many you know there's a few 22s here and there but i don't think there's any that's retired but Definitely uh, plenty of current 22s, I'm sure. So you know, those guys, eh, you know, too bad. Right. Thank you. you you're not, you, you know, you're not a, a barrier groundbreaking iconic legend. So yep. Um, yep. sorry, but not sorry. Yep. Well, thank you, Biff. All right.